Namaste and welcome back to another episode of The Sapient. Today we have yet another guest and today's guest is probably more polished and she is just like an awesome person from just um, her bio. Um, so welcome Melissa. Oh, thank you. I'm happy to be here. So how are you today? I'm doing really good. Just got back mm-hmm. from a workout. I'm <laughs> having a good day so mm-hmm. far. Yeah. Got it. And your bio kind of said that you are a holistic nutritionist, mm-hmm. master hypnotherapist, mm-hmm. mindset expert, like intuitive with a background in fitness and psychology of food, emotions, and self-sabotaging behaviors. Yes. Um, so m- my first question was, how many hours do you have in a day? Like 26 or 28? <laughs> um, no, I've just been doing this for a really long time. And when I started... Uh, they didn't have like, you know, holistic health wasn't really a thing. Um, I had to find, uh, I went to, well, now it's the largest nutrition, holistic nutrition school, um, in the world, the integrative Institute for nutrition. But when I went, they still had live classes and we had to do Mm -hmm. classes in Lincoln center in New York city. And it was amazing because it was, you know, cutting edge. Um, I just believe that we, that food is medicine or poison and, you know, it's all what we put into our body. And I loved learning that you can heal your body through food and Mm -hmm. heal, you know, like I healed myself of lifelong asthma where I would be hospitalized. And I was like, this is crazy. And it was just from me taking dairy out. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that would have, you know, that could have been like decades of me not being sick, not being in the hospital, Mm -hmm. not walking around. And so when I started, there were all these alternative forms and hypnotherapy was one of them. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't, I, I believe we're all intuitive, but I didn't realize the, all the, um, kind of abilities that I had at a very young age that I didn't really know what to do with. I didn't know what an empath was. I didn't understand being highly sensitive. Like there was so much and I just became voracious and I Mm -hmm. wanted to learn about all of it. And then I wanted to help as many people as possible. So I just kept getting credentials and educating and, and then doing my best to live in integrity with what I was mm-hmm. learning and what I was telling people to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, you know, you know, you're doing the podcast game. Like when you start doing something, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the biggest, uh, that's when you have to look at all your own limiting beliefs, everything mm-hmm. that, um, you know, when you tell people, Hey, in order to do this, you need to do this. You need to do it too, or else you're just, yes. you know, you're, or else it's not, you know, like you feel it, like you're like, oh my God, mm-hmm. I'm not doing the thing, you know? So you're, and your clients mirror everything about you. So, mm-hmm. um, and that was another thing that I, I loved and became obsessed with, and I still am, um, is learning about energy and energy work and and that everything is a mirror of you everyone is mirroring you every experiencing you're having and so that changed the game for me with everything because i was like oh i'm creating this this like life is truly like the matrix (laughs) Mm -hmm. what do i want it to look like how do i want it to feel and my job is to align to that each day Mm -hmm. and then do my best to help the human 
you know, just to help as many people with what I'm learning, if it resonates mm -hmm. with them, you know? Mm -hmm. Got it. Um, because out of, you know, your impressive bio, um, the most interesting part was the last one where you said self-sabotaging behavior. Yeah. Um, and that is like so common with artists and creative people. Oh, yeah. Because I come across like a bunch of people who say, you know how easy it is to like do a podcast. I'm like, yeah, I know because I'm doing that. But if you think it's so easy, why don't you pick up a mic and start hit record, right? Yeah. And because I want to talk to, uh, talk to you more about that perspective because everybody thinks that a certain thing is easy. Um, you know, like an artist, like, like a painter, a, a, any, any creative task is so easy, but so, so less or f so few people do that. Oh my God. So, so I also am an actress. Um, and I started later in life and that was a childhood dream that I didn't allow myself. Um, I just didn't think that could happen for me. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I'm 45. Um, I feel like I'm 25, but I'm 45. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I, I, the fear, like Ganesh, it was mm -hmm. insanely, like, it was paralyzing. It was, it was truly, <laughs> and I teach this and mm -hmm. you could look at me and people would go, but you did a Ted talk and you have a podcast and you've written books, yeah. but for some reason, like that stuff, yes, it mm -hmm. scared me. But I was also, it, it didn't hold the same weight because it wasn't like my dream. Like mm -hmm. for some reason I had put, and I feel like creatives can do this because we do, we have such self, self, yeah. <laughs> we have yes. so much, um, and we're our own worst critic. That's why I love that mm -hmm. book by Julia Cameron. I don't know if you ever did it called the artist way. Mm -hmm. I just heard it's of it. I, I never read it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Ganesh, it's so good. Um, but, and it does these like daily practices, but I didn't allow myself. So I am by human design, I'm a generator. Um, mm -hmm. And so I have this very practical, high achieving perfectionist drive in me. And then mm -hmm. I also have this, I write poetry. I like, I love acting. I um, I, I write creative stories. I'm, I'm writing a children's book right now. Like I, I am very, um, very over analytical and I love geeking out on philosophy and metaphysical and I can over analyze myself mm -hmm. in any situation to death, right? Like mm -hmm. I could go down yeah. that spiral so fast mm -hmm. and my inner critic, I mean, that's why I do the work that I do because my inner critic was like paralyzing. Mm -hmm. And, but to speak to your point, so when I realized, so I had cancer back in mm -hmm. 2017 and the first time I had, I had surgery and then I was told that it came back and mm -hmm. I healed myself through like my mind and hypnosis. But I also did something that I share often, which is like, you know, if you're, if your mind has the power to make you sick, mm -hmm. your mind has the power to heal you. Yes. Yes, definitely. And I had to really believe and I got mm -hmm. to like, I, I mean, I'm not going to lie when my doctor said like, you need to have another surgery and like, it's, and I think you need to move home. And like, I was like, what? And I mm -hmm. fell, I, mean, I fell to my knees and, and I, cause I was, I was pursuing my dream. I was up in LA, like 
doing acting and I left San Diego mm -hmm. and I'm like, okay. And I dropped my knees and I said, God, like, what more do you want me to do? Like I mm -hmm. have, I'm pursuing a dream that scares living shit out of me. I have uprooted my home. I just rented my home and I'm mm -hmm. now up in LA moving into another home that apparently isn't ready. And on the call, on the way here, my doctor calls me and has me pull over to tell me that cancer came back. Like, I, like, is this a joke? Like, yeah. I don't like, I don't understand what you want me to do as a human being. Like I have, mm -hmm. I have, I'm, I'm sharing with the world, like all the messages that I receive, like I'm, mm -hmm. I'm really trying to do what my creative calling is, which I believe is mm -hmm. my soul's calling. And I'm like, I'm, I'm doing the thing. Like what, what is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. And I had to actually confront my own religious beliefs around like, like if God, like, if I believe that God's unconditional love, then this isn't mm. God. Like, what is my belief here? And yeah. so I said, I have no room for illness in my body. Mm -hmm. I'm done. Like I gave three years to this illness. I'm not mm -hmm. wasting another minute of my life. F mm -hmm. you cancer, excuse my French. And I was like, that's okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm, I'm done. And I spent mm -hmm. the next eight weeks and I didn't talk to anybody that wouldn't subscribe to my belief that I was healed. I only, I did self-hypnosis, I prayed and I, and I spent the, those eight weeks living my best life and mm -hmm. having a blast and living as if nothing was wrong. And I did not give air time to anything that was there. And when I went back and I had a scan, they couldn't find it. And mm -hmm. from that point, so I shared all of that because the, I find the things that like you were talking about with podcasting, it's like mm -hmm. people doing, I find the things that are the biggest game changers in our life, the things mm -hmm. that are, that would, if we want to put things in faith-based terms of like the egos, the, like, I don't want to say mm -hmm. the devil, but like it's any separation from self, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And from the limitless being that we truly are, then mm -hmm. those big fears, those things mm -hmm. that we resist, especially as creatives are the things that are going to bring us the greatest amount of change. And they're going to feel like you're moving through quicksand. Yep. Um, yeah, that makes sense because you are an expert in the matter <laughs> and I am, I am, I'm, I'm, I am similar to a chimp in that matter. Um, you know, like, um, because I have just started like my journey or, you know, like outlook into psychology and all these things. Um, I'm currently reading, uh, games people play. Oh, that's a good uh, one. The book. Yeah. And that's like. Uh, and that's a heavy lifting for me because I'm just starting in, in yeah. this particular field. Um, and I, you know, like, because I was always interested and here is like what I feel like, because I have been doing this for some time. Um, you know, like Melissa, like 40 plus percent of podcasts um, stop posting after 25 episodes. Mm -hmm. And do you think that is so reflective of our ideology that I have to be the best at what I do from day one. You know, podcasting is an interesting thing, right? Like I have a podcast and we're getting ready for season two and I took some time 
off between seasons. Um, and I truly believe what it is, is about, I think a lot of people want the, the immediate result, the quick win. Yes. The, mm -hmm. I did a video, why didn't it go viral? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. um, oh my God. Yes. I'm going to put a program out into the world. Nobody bought. Mm -hmm. Okay. I need yeah. to go to a, something else now. Clearly I failed. It's like, as much as we want these giant wins were such an mm -hmm. instant gratification, at least in the United States, we are so into what is the magic pill that's going to get me there? Like every influencer online as somebody mm. that's been doing this for 15 years, is like, I made $300,000 in my first 30 <laughs> days. And they're standing yeah. in front of like a mansion and a car that they yes, rented yes. in LA. And you're like, I mean, that's the thing with social is I'm not saying every, there are some people that have done that. And I think it's incredible. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot of people that are manufacturing. And so I will say you have to caution yourself. If your feed makes you feel bad about yourself, you're in the wrong, you've got, you've got to change your feed or get offline. Um, but <laughs> getting back to the podcasting, I think a part of it is the magic pill. And I also think people aren't in it for the long game. I think you have to yes. recognize podcasting is not going to make you money right away. Just like YouTube Definitely. is not going to make you money right away. You can, mm -hmm. you can have a million videos and, and do five videos a day, but if you're not getting watch time, you won't get monetized. Yeah. Like it's mm -hmm. just, and so, you know, there's a great guy, Alex Hermosi. Um, he's an entrepreneur that's, that's now, I think he's worth like hundreds of millions of dollars, but anyway, mm -hmm. He started off not clearly everybody starts from not. And he always said, he's like, you know, I signed up with YouTube and I hired a company and I said, put a plan together and let's reconvene in a year. And then mm -hmm. we can make some tweaks. And, and the company said to him, like, we've never had anybody. Everybody wants instant results. And I think with podcasting, yes. people don't realize, cause I've had clients that go, I want to start a podcast. I've got a message. And then they realize it's work. And yeah. I think that podcasting too, just like when people tell me, Melissa, I want to do what you do. No one mm -hmm. thinks of the behind the scenes. I manage team. I have to look at yeah. them. We have to like, you know, you have to hire people, let people go. You have to really manage your time. Like, you know, you, you, I mean, there's, it's, you're constantly looking at yourself. You have to put yourself mm -hmm. out. You're always uncomfortable. Yes. So people look and they're like, I just want to be on video. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> but like, yeah. so I think when people look at the cost and the mm -hmm. commitment and yeah. that it's not an immediate and it's not as glamorous, like mm -hmm. I think that they're like, okay, next. And so I think you really have to go, I'm in it for the long game and I'm in it for mm -hmm. the impact and for who I'm going to become, yeah. because that's what life is about. Like, if we all got the thing we wanted right away, yes. we wouldn't have any chapters in our book of life. It would be like page mm -hmm. one, you're done. <laughs> yes, right? exactly. Yes. I mean, the, those books would be like visiting cards. Um, right? If that was the case. Yeah. yeah like I, I mean, you wouldn't actually change it all. Like the whole, our uh -huh. souls came here to expand, to express and to become something. That's, that's our soul mm -hmm. contract. That's why we mm -hmm. have, multiple lives here and like do all, I mean, I don't want to get into anything that mm -hmm. causes any religious beliefs, but like, you know, you said I could say anything. So 
Melissa, trust me, like you could say anything on air. Um, you know, you you could use all bad words. You know, like fuck, shit, whatever you want to say. It's it's totally fine. Um, yeah, you know, I, I actually. Hear... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm actually not somebody that curses a lot. Hence, I said mm-hmm. "f you," and then I said "excuse the French." <laughs> I don't know why I'm blaming the French for curse words, yeah. and I don't even fully say a curse word. So that's something I don't know. I yeah yeah that's okay um because a lot of people you know like hop on the podcast and they they want to talk about things and as you said they have a message to deliver right yeah but just around like 30 minute or 35 minute mark their message starts to dry out um what are you trying to they don't say t- are you trying to say it's time to go <laughs> no, I, I'm just giving an example of, you know, like people, um, you know, around like 35 minute mark, they're like, you know, you can, you can see that substance is drawing out and um, they don't have much to offer. Oh, well, and if you want me to stop talking, I will, but I could keep going. We could just sit here. All please day. keep going. Please, please, <laughs> please do that. I, I highly encourage that actually, um, <laughs> because I have dealt with a lot of, how can I put it? Like non-ready people like who are not yet ready for podcasting like as soon as that hit of record goes on they become stagnant you know like they have incredible concepts to talk about but they don't have that kind of confidence to carry it and i feel like that comes from you know self-doubt and also um you know imposter kind of syndrome where they think okay i don't deserve this yeah so what is your take on that you know like because you have been in this for so long um, what's your take on that kind of like point of view or let's say uh, thought process? Okay, so that's a great question. Uh, there's a few things. One, let's be honest, like anytime you do something for the first time, if you're a novice mm-hmm. at something, I mean, chances, okay, so if you're somebody that naturally loves speaking, like mm-hmm. uh, I've been a good, like I always loved speaking. Um mm-hmm. when I was younger, like it wasn't like stages never was my thing. But like, I mean, I shared with you that I felt paralyzed about putting myself out in the (laughs) role of I am an actor, like I was like, am I really, you know, like, and I felt imposter syndrome there. And so we can have different areas. And that's something that I teach. I so I teach so in um, psychology, we have all these different roles that we play. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. And those roles serve you. So I always say we're like Sybil. We have 99 different personalities. Some are identities Mm -hmm. that we created from childhood that really hurt us, right? A Mm -hmm. lot of limiting ones. Like you're not an athlete. You were never good in school. You're not pretty enough. You're not smart enough. You're not athletic Mm -hmm. enough. You're not um, this enough. And then there's other ones that really built up our sense of self-worth. And they usually Mm -hmm. came from other people going, my God, you're so smart. Oh, you are so fast. Oh my gosh, you're so this. Like when we watch children, they are mm-hmm. waiting to receive your approval. You're like, yay. I mean, they draw like a line on a piece of paper and they sit there so proud mm-hmm. and they're like, somebody applaud me, see me, love me. Yes. Me. Mm-hmm. We're all doing that. So just when you look at as humans, so let's break this down. So our actual view of ourselves, our subconscious, is formed from age from being in the womb because believe it or not we create our our first view of self in the womb state Mm -hmm. that's where conditioning 
that's when we actually start to form and we will energetically vibrationally feel what our mother is thinking mm-hmm. she's carrying us we have her yeah. ambiotic fluid we are in like we are wrapped if she is having doubts any stress we mm-hmm. are feeling it we are picking up on yeah. it i have a client that came to me she was about 35 and she's like melissa i mm-hmm. feel like i'm insatiably hungry feel like I'm always hungry and mm-hmm. I don't know what to do, but I just want to like, I'm trying to lose weight. I don't feel good about myself, but I'm, mm-hmm. I can't stop eating. Like no matter what I eat, it's never enough. And I'm like eating as much as my husband, who's like six, five and I'm five, two. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, so we did a hypnosis and we mm-hmm. went back to the womb state and her mom had an eating disorder and mm-hmm. was starving herself while she was carrying my client. Mm -hmm. So the mom was always hungry. That's actually what she was. Her body was feeling always hungry. My client Mm -hmm. picked up on this. We had to go back and heal this, right? I have chills as I'm saying this. And that was huge. And after that point, and after Mm -hmm. we did that hypnosis, so what happened? So I just wanted to share with your listeners and with you just how this can work. So and why I became obsessed with hypnotherapy and reprogramming the subconscious mind, because we can desperately on a conscious level want to change something. We could consciously want to be a great podcaster. We could consciously mm-hmm. say, I want to be great at interviewing. But if your subconscious belief, which gets formed from womb until age eight, inherently believes that you are not enough, because that is one of the core, core human woundings. I'm not enough. I'm not worthy. I'm not deserving. I'm not safe. Right. These, these are the, these are the, the core beliefs that, that end up the the underlying core beliefs. And so, uh, and the last ones I'm unlovable. Mm -hmm. So at, at all the things in the, in, in all the, it doesn't matter if you want to say like, I'm unworthy of money. I'm uh, whatever your belief is, I am Mm -hmm. whatever proceeds I am is cemented. That's the Holy grail. That is what you believe about yourself. Mm -hmm. If you want to change that self-concept, I Mm -hmm. am worthy. I am great at interviews. I am a great podcaster. I have a successful podcast. I am a success. I am a success at whatever I do pay attention to the programming. So when we look at that, you're so zero womb state to age eight is, is that self-concept. So we actually have to understand because it doesn't matter consciously what you say, if you don't feel inherently that you are worthy of good things to come to you, that you are worthy. Does that make sense Mm -hmm. before? Yeah. Yes. That's making sense. Yeah. I mean, I have a few points, but you know, please go ahead. No, no. Ask, ask away. Um, no, it's okay. You just, you just complete, um, what you're saying. That's okay. Okay. So, so zero to eight. Now your view of yourself and your body, Mm -hmm. your aesthetic, the way you that's gets formed by age 10. Mm -hmm. So if you think you're fat, if you think that you have good muscle to, if you think that you're pretty, if you think that you're handsome, if you think that you're this or you're that, that's when your view, that's when you start to separate and see yourself outside of yourself. That's when the inner critic really starts to come out and you look at yourself in the mirror through a lens of something about my 
physical appearance is not, not what I need it to be, or it is. So mm -hmm. age 10 is a pertinent year. Now the brain stops forming by the age 18. This is why teenagers mm -hmm. need a lot of sleep. And we have to understand that their brain is still forming. They're still very impressionable. So when you look at parents and they're like, oh, well, my kids were grown when we got divorced or, oh, they didn't need to. I didn't really think that. <laughs> yeah. was that. No, no, your, your children are, first off, your children. So for all of these parents, I just had to do a talk on this where, um, where they're like, oh, no, we're staying together for the kids. We're going to co-parent. We're going to this. We're going to that. Your kids, mm -hmm. whatever you think, your kids have heard, felt, and seen the unspoken the entire mm -hmm. time. So when everyone's like, no, no, my kids didn't hear it. We were in the other room. We were, <laughs> yeah. were only loving in uh, front of them. They are mm -hmm. picking up on every cue. They see, mm -hmm. they hear, they want your undivided attention. They don't want you on your phones. I was mm -hmm. at my niece's soccer game and one of the girls on the field actually came over and her father was on his cell phone. Was it her father or mm -hmm. mother? One of them. And she goes, hey, I'm here. Now, <laughs> she's seven. She's seven. Mm -hmm. Hey, mm -hmm. I'm here. Can you get off your phone? She just kind of came over. And I was like, and I noticed going there to watch my niece that this, this parent comes and is always on their phone. The parent in the park? In, yeah, sorry, in so, the... so energetically, guys, and, and ladies and gents, anybody, everybody listening, come on, mm -hmm. and Ganesh, um, energetically, you're also picking up on the cues. And so when we want to, so here are a few key, I love to give key things. Is that okay if I give your audience some key things on how to Please. Yeah. shift their subconscious? So mm -hmm. there's, there's three primary, actually there's four primary things that I love to teach about shifting your subconscious. One is through affirmations. And the key though, to these affirmations is you must feel them and they become insanely potent. The more you repeat them. And when you say them in front of the mirror, when you do affirmations, it is, I am I love, I believe, I trust, I know, but you are not, you, we do, we never want to affirm something in the future tense. Remember time is a construct that humans created. Time is linear. It, there, it, there is no time. Just like there's no real money. We created money. We started printing paper and then every country assigned a dollar value. But in truth, money is energy. It's, it's based off of belief. Time is what you make it. If you ever feel crunched for time, notice your conversation around time. I never have enough time. I, uh, oh my God, I don't have enough time. I'm always so busy. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. It's crazy today. I don't have enough time. What time can I, you said to me in the beginning of this thing, of this um, interview, you know, Melissa, how many hours do you have in a day? I have, I mean, it's endless. I have as much time as I need, as I want. Mm -hmm. And I chunk my time and I make it work for me. And if I'm not working within the time that I want, and I tell myself, this is what time you're done working. I don't, I have very strong boundaries. I'm not working into the hours of the night and blah, blah, blah. No, 
-hmm. I get done what I need to get done. But so affirmations, you want to feel them. You want to say them in front of the mirror. If you don't feel them to be true, that's the work you need to do. Script. The second one is scripting. Script out the reality that you want in the I am, I have. It is done. Write out each day. Third is your inner conversations. Notice what your inner dialogue is. What are you saying before you get on an interview, a podcast interview? What's your inner dialogue? What are you saying? What do you want that person to say to you? How do you want it to go? I will often script out before things. Oh my gosh, that went amazing. I'm so happy and grateful that that went so well. Thank you for mm -hmm. the magnificent outcome to my interview today with Ganesh. It couldn't have mm -hmm. gone better. And then you see afterwards, you read through at the end of the day, everything that you mm -hmm. wanted to go your way and you'll see everything did or mm -hmm. better. And then the last thing is really not only your inner conversations, but mm -hmm. if you're harboring any, anything that's, that you're noticing inner resentments, lack of forgiveness, mm -hmm. see that, that inner visualization and see that person in front of you where you are both reconciling the conversation, reconciling the situation. We want to close all the energetic gaps as quickly as possible so that you can run at full efficiency. Got it. Um, so here are like my few bets that I thought of during, um, you know, when you were talking about, um, you remember how we talked about um, you know, genuine encouragement that people need. And I, I remember something that uh, jo Jordan Peterson said that, um, you know, you, you'd be surprised to know like how little genuine uh, encouragement that young young people need, be it uh, man or woman, um, that lacks in our society today. Um, because we have set ourselves up to, to failure, I think because mm -hmm. we are hyper expecting out of each other. Like, um, you know, if you look at any industry, be it in a professional or artistic or whatever you want to call it as, um, you mm -hmm. know, like if you are not like the next Picasso, like people don't give a shit about it. Like, and you could scream for hours, but people don't care. You know, you either you are, you are, you are better than Picasso or you're nothing. And that is like cancerous kind of, thought process that we have today um, and my second follow-up question for you was do you think that uh, this is just coming from a very uh, pessimistic kind of point of view but do you think that some stigmas or uh, some bad thoughts that we as humans picked up when we were child like when we were when we were kids do you think like that's kind of necessary for our survival do i think it's what do you think it's necessary for our survival? Um, the negative thoughts or just the mm -hmm. thoughts in general? No, the negative stigma or, um, you know, belief systems or whatever you want to call it as that we picked up as children. No, I don't think it's necessary for our survival at all. I think as humans, what we're doing is shedding ourselves of the, of the human experience and coming in needing to heal those. I think we're here because we chose the life and we chose it before we came in as a soul contract saying, 
I'm, I'm agreeing to have this experience. I'm agreeing to this thing called earth school. I'm agreeing that it's going to be a long life and there's going to be a lot there. And I'm agreeing that my, what I get to do is overcome what, what I get faced with, that I get to mm -hmm. choose, that I get to remind myself of who I am. I think we're always coming back into remembrance of the limitless being that we are, whether that for you is the universe, it's source, it's God, it's, it's whatever, it's nature, it's mother nature, it's, you know, varying gods. It, it, I think it's coming back to going, there is something so much greater and I'm choosing to align my beliefs to that. And mm -hmm. anything other than that is a fear-based reality that is mm -hmm. that of um, any lower vibration, whether we want to say that's, I mean, I guess just in theological, oh my God, theological times, I would say, you know, we could say the ego, we could say the devil, we could say low vibrations, but just going, why would I want to align myself or feed into beliefs that make me feel like shit about myself? Like, why would I choose that? And why am I continuing to choose that? Like, why wouldn't mm -hmm. I want to live as Aristotle said, live in the imagined mind, which is limitless versus living in a limited reality that's based on challenges and sacrifice and struggle and hardship. I'm choosing to see that life is working for me, even when the the reality or what I'm experiencing in the 3D is challenging. Even if I'm noticing that I could, you know, I'd like more money or that this really hard thing happened to me or I experienced this loss or this illness mm -hmm. diagnosis, I'm mm -hmm. still going to choose to, to see that I get to become even a higher version of me and mm -hmm. that even this is working mm -hmm. for me. Got it. So here are like few more like points that just stemmed out of what you said right now. Um, you said that you know negative stigma or negative beliefs is not necessary for our survival, right? Um, but do you take into consideration that those bad stigmas or beliefs that we picked up um, came because we went through a very negative experience where we learned uh, to do few things in a negative way to protect ourselves or to survive and that's like my uh, first question. And um, second question is, you, you talked about Socrates. Wait, can you um, repeat that again just so I can answer it? Okay. So the, my first question is, you said that people don't need negative beliefs or stigma to survive, right? Well, I don't believe we need it to survive. No. Yes, Do I believe right? it's a part of the mm -hmm. human experience? Yes. Uh -huh. Okay. So... So you, you agree that it's not necessary for survival. So my question here is like, have you taken into consideration that these negative stigmas or beliefs come from a negative experience that we as children or people had in our lives, where we learned to get through a situation, even using tools that might be negative just for our own survival. Oh yeah. Well, that's actually something that I teach, which is like, even when I'm working with people on releasing weight or, um, overcoming illness or anxiety, it, these are not, so we're not born anxious. We're not born stressed out. We're not born depressed. We weren't born overweight. These are things that happen to us. And they're often a trauma response where your mind is set up for survival. 
It does not know the difference between a dream or reality. All it knows is it needs to keep you safe and it keeps you safe by keeping you at an exact thermostat setting, which is called your comfort zone. But when uh, Melissa, sorry, happens, um, sorry to no. cut you off. Um, but you do understand basic biology, right? Where a human is born out of a stress and the first like preliminary reaction of a a fetus turning into a baby in re- in real life when it when it comes into like contact with an external world is stress right like that's what gets our heart pumping for the first time in our whole life so why do we have to see or put stress in a, such a bad light well i i wasn't saying stress in a bad light but i i know a lot of people i mean stress does cause disease and unrest in people's bodies. I mean, stress is the cause of dis-ease. That's why the word dis-ease is dis-ease. So stress is something that's a part of us, but we also get to learn to regulate that. And we, we often, I mean, anybody that gets really stressed, it's a triggered response. So whether or not it came from you coming into the world or um, just a learned behavior, or you saw your father getting stressed out or your mother getting stressed out, or that was just something that you felt. It's a bodily response. And when we can learn to regulate the body and understand that the body, the mind, all that's happening is a synapse is going off in your reticular activating system and your, your nervous system that's saying, hey, this is unsafe. And this, this the, the emotions that we're feeling are so overwhelming that we actually need to create an autonomic response. So whether we need to eat to escape it, whether we need to smoke cigarettes to escape it, we need a drink to escape it, we need to go into an anxious state to escape it, we need to, there's going to be a multitude of things. And whatever those are, they become a part of the identity. And you will hear people often own those identities, which is something that I really work with people on. And they'll say, oh, I've had anxiety my whole life, or I'm, I'm always stressed. I'm always late. I'm always blank. And that's taking ownership of an identity that actually isn't serving you. But yes, it got created as a protection mechanism. And when I work with clients to heal them of anxiety and then heal them of these things, we drop in and connect to this part in the body where it lives in the body and we get it at the root of the memory in which it first got created as a trauma response. And then we recondition and recode you on a cellular level of how to respond differently to life Mm -hmm. so that that thing is no longer debilitating, but Mm -hmm. can actually be something that can trigger you into really what I then call a superpower. Mm -hmm. Got it. So Melissa, here is like my original point that I think we kind of little bit drifted off. Maybe I don't know. Um, so my original point was if, if all of the negative stigma or belief system or stress or whatever we want to term it as is bad, um, or it's not necessary for us to survive. Right. My question is because you went to a conversation where you said it, it, it needs a balance just like our food, right? Like we need to consume it properly or, you know, we can really mess it up. Um, so my, you know, actual question was because, you know, I, I, I totally understand optimistic approach to life. Um, but you know, like life is the biggest accident that can happen to someone. 
um and of course you being so experienced i think you know that by now that life is a very big accident rather than it's just like back to back accidents than planned out laid out path um oh, so i don't th- agree that with you mm-hmm. okay that's okay that's totally yeah. fine yeah. um that's totally fine um yeah so uh, what i was getting into is do you think that learning to use these negative stigma or beliefs into our favor rather than suppressing it is better i don't think any of it should be suppressed i mean mm-hmm. suppressing it i mean that's that's the co- that's the cause right mm-hmm. like that's that's what creates so much disharmony and and sadness in oneself that's why I, like when we started off this interview i said i think the hardest thing you know, mm-hmm. nobody wants to feel their feelings, not many people. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you do, you have to feel them and they're uncomfortable and people want that quick fix. Can't you just, can't you just like, just give me the answer? Can't you just tell me? But I think the world of self-development, I mean, we're seeing post COVID and everything else it's exploded. You know, like when I started all of this, this was new age. This was like, what are you doing? Are you going to go chant on a hilltop with goats? Like you're going to what? Mm-hmm. What is like? And now it's it's what every everybody's saying the power in my body connection. But the, I mean, the, the hardest thing with COVID was people actually had to be with themselves. They we had to take away all this outer stimuli. People had to be with their partners. That's why so many marriages got broke up because they actually had to go, Oh, I actually have to be with you and start to make sense of my feelings. But do you think that, um, you know, like things like, you know, like extreme stress and, um, pain and also financial burden and also unpredictability of future also triggered that not only like I had to be with you rather than that, you know, there were, um, and yeah, I mean, I'm just saying sabotage. No, I'm just saying multiple parameters were there, right? It's not just I want to be with you, but I don't know what the fuck is going to happen in the future, whether I'm going to live or die. Or I don't know whether I will get my job back or whether I will have the stability that I already had because I have this home to pay off. I have this car to pay off and I don't know how we are going to survive. And if it's a because um, I've looked into this a little bit and this this also study that came out i can't cite the particular study that said that if marriage goes above like let's say 20 plus years um and if marriage has been troubled at any certain points and and in the future if they meet a situation like covid and the response of a partner would be i don't know what you would do if we lose this money and don't you think like that's a that's a bigger part than just saying you know like okay i don't i really have to live with you and it's more of my psychology than um, in a reality of life because COVID like really fucked up people and entire economies now. Um, yeah. So we're, we're talking about mindset, right? So I'm speaking into being with feelings and emotions. And so, but money plays a major role. I'm not saying that other things don't contribute, but what Mm -hmm. I am saying is I think what we are seeing is the major. I mean, it's proven that the majority of people don't like to be with their feelings. It's very, um, a, a busy mind is a busy mind. And I think that's why, you know, meditation has taken hold and people being with themselves is very important for people to know themselves. So I think all aspects of what comes up for a human being 
is important to look at and be with. And I don't think any of it should be judged as wrong or that's that's um, a negative thought. So you shouldn't have mm -hmm. that. I think yes. it's just important to understand the root and where it came from and to not take ownership of aspects that we don't want. And mm -hmm. you really understand the power that your words create for you or against you. And that a belief gets created in 17 seconds. And that the more you know yourself and are clear on the life you want and the being that you want to be and the relationships and the people that the more those things can come into your existence and can cultivate. And that's when you can get really clear and go, well, you know, this is who I am and these are things that I need. And, and, and then you're very present to be a partner to your partner because you're mm -hmm. a whole person, right? Like my business is called wholeness because mm -hmm. you want to be whole interdependent of another person and know how to regulate yourself and also be able to come together as a team and go, Hey, it's not helpful for us to attack one another. We have a financial situation or we have a family situation or one of us lost our job or whatever came up and go, how can we come together during this time instead of attack, separate, numb out or not work together? And mm -hmm. I think that's the message that I'm sharing. Mm -hmm. Got it. And, um, you know, because I am, I am a man and I can only like present the man's point of view. Um, because I have like really, <clears throat> you know, work with psychologists for years. Like I don't want to name names, but, um, you know, what I have understood kind of is, I this is just my follow-up question that you said that, you know, like people need to be more emotional and more touch with themselves. Right. And I, I feel like the biggest reason that people give to, is to be with themselves to I, yeah. like to not run from the things that are uncomfortable. Uh -huh. Yeah. So the reason is men who are married like have really hard time expressing themselves because they they you know the biggest reason that i have seen is they feel very vulnerable like people can really take advantage of me and you know people can mess my mess me up if mm -hmm. i am like very candid with them about how i feel and what i feel and if i express that and um you know in yeah. today's world we see a lot of these psychologists who say it's okay to cry and all these things um, and I absolutely like, I want to be open. I don't know what's your point of view, but I absolutely hate it because you are putting that particular person in, 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 in a, in a sticky and a very asshole of a position where he cannot recover from that ever. Um, because he's going to be labeled and just, uh, you know, messed with. Um, so what should kind of take on it? Because there have been multiple surveys where women have agreed that they would prefer a man who is open. Um, about his emotions, but not necessarily display them all the time. Um, and uh, I think 63% of women said that it was seen as a, a weakness rather than a strength. So like, what's your take on it? Oh, I think it's, I mean, I grew up with men emotionally expressing themselves that were also alpha males, um, but they were in touch with their emotions. You know, I would see my dad cry. Um, and I, I, I loved it. And he's very much an alpha man. Um, same thing with my brothers. Um, and I think it's a beautiful thing to be able to be in touch with your emotions and communicate. Um, I think that there is, I think there 
in the past, what I found with feminine and masculine energy in the preceding years before COVID was there were a lot of women in the workplace that were taking on a very masculine energy and almost like a, we don't need a man. Um, and I think men were going, I don't know what women want anymore. Like, do you like, I'm, I'm afraid to offer to pick your bag up or to carry something for you because like all these women are like, I can do it myself, you know? And I think there's hopefully uh, what I feel is that roles are starting to go back to women being an understanding the power and the beauty and the feminine energy and dropping into that and allowing their man to hold space um, and be a partner and a provider and that men too are, are being that. So I personally, I mean, I think it's, I think it's, I think a man that knows how he feels and can express that. I think that's sexy. I think that's amazing. Um, and I think that should be well-received. I do know there was also, you know, even my time in California, I would end up doing events and speaking with a lot of women going like, where are the men? Like, I feel like I keep coming across men that are more effeminate. And like I said, I think there's there, I think that there's a new way for men and women to operate in the world and be dropped into a receptive energy for both parties and an openness um, that I, I think was really confusing for a while, uh, personally. Um, that's what I saw a lot. And I think a man that can communicate, I think that that's a beautiful thing. And I think it should be um, celebrated and invited in personally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I kind of like drift away from that belief somewhat because I have seen people getting targeted and, you know, like named and attacked because, you know, they express themselves. So yeah, of course, like every human needs to express themselves, but they also have to be very careful. Um, I feel like because, you know, just like things like, you know, like the things that are mentioned in, you know, like games people play and all these other books um, that humans are willing to take advantage out of, of each other um, when it suits them. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, what's your kind of take on it? Because I feel like, you know, like too much positivity in life is also like cancerous. It's like, very damn bad i know i know I, I should not use the word cancerous but you know i just it just came out sorry um you know okay. it, 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 it's very like dangerous too much positiveness um because it just exposes you uh, uh, you know exposes a person to certain situations where they might uh, you know be at a disadvantage okay Wait, I didn't fully get the question. So my question is, it's it's like a two-parted question. One is men who express themselves like a bit too much, let's say, like who are very honest about how they mm -hmm. feel. And if they express certain emotions that are supposed to be private, um, you know, they get targeted, they get named and, um, you know, they get taken advantage of. It might be in a corporate life or even in personal life sometimes or in just in a familial situation. Um, 
that's my one question like how do you feel about it and second thing is do you think like too much positiveness just being optimistic all the time is also kind of dangerous to a person because it puts them in a very tricky situations um so i'll answer the the um second one uh first i don't think people should be i think that's spiritual bypassing i don't think that you need to be happy all the time i think it is a choice. I think that's a great book. Happiness is a choice um, because it is. And I think, you know, we look at the Buddha, the Buddha sat in meditation with a smile on his face until he felt the smile, um, you know, and felt the joy. I think it's important, as I've said, I think we need to feel our feelings. I don't think you need to live in your feelings. I always tell people, I don't believe you need to do 10,000 years of therapy in order to become who you want to be or have the life that you want. I believe you get to look at what's there and you get to really just go like, it's almost like taking the trash out, like, uh, or like sorting dirty laundry and going, okay, what do I want to wash? And mm-hmm. what am I just going to get rid of? Or like decluttering your brain. I keep giving all these analogies, but like, it's like, do I want to keep these? Do I like the way this fits? Do I like the way this feels? Okay, great. The rest, I'm, I'm ready to throw out. I, I don't need it anymore. Maybe it served me at one point in time, but I don't want it. But we have to look at it. You can't just put it in a closet or it's just going to mound up into an endless giant closet of clutter where you won't be able to find anything. So in mm-hmm. order to know your truth, we have to, you have to look at it and then try it on and see, is this still right for me? Now, when you said about the other thing about communication, I think on both sides for men and women, the allowance and the openness for the other person to show who they are, I believe that's what we all want. I think we all want somebody to see us and accept us and love us for who we are. And I think that that is the greatest gift that you can give another human being. I always tell my clients, what would it be like for your family members, for your friends, for strength, like for people that you've had encounters with, if you just gave them a clean slate, if you just went in, like you're meeting them for the first time, you weren't seeing your cousins or your siblings or your parents with all the garbage of years past or colleagues, but instead you went in and saw them with fresh, unconditionally loving eyes of I get to meet you. I get to give you the gift of my energy. I get to learn from you. I get to see that you are a mirror of me and I get to just pour into you and love you and experience you this way as who you are today, not who you've been, not what I've previously believed you to be. And I think if we all did that for one another, it would be a beautiful place to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's how, so, our video, <laughs> our interview yeah, today. <laughs> that certainly is, sounds like a utopia that um, seems hard to achieve. I would say, um, because I don't know. my clients way... do it, and it's a game changer for them. I would invite everybody here to try it. Try it around the holidays. Try mm-hmm. it when you leave your house today. Just be kind. Just be kind and assume the best of people and the same for yourself and watch what comes back because it will Mm -hmm. it will feel magical got it thank you so much for today ganesh (laughs) i appreciate it thank you um i know i want i just wanted to like take the last last point and say um you know like because just looking at your profile um i feel like 
you know you have accomplished and you have seen a lot of lot more shit than other people or um, you know just people in average so um, kind of thank you for that because you bring that kind of point of view that is kind of like different um so yeah thank you so much for taking your time and you know being on the show first of all oh my gosh well thank you so much for having me i know this was awesome this hour went by so fast yeah hour was very quick and to my audience thank you guys so much for supporting us throughout this and melissa's website will be in the episode description please click on it and she has a variety of things that uh, she has to offer she can offer um, and i will let melissa herself uh, you know like tell you what it is oh my gosh so my website is m e l i s s a k a t h r y n so i spell my my uh, last name's a little different melissa catherine when you go there you'll immediately um, get my miracle mindset hypnosis completely free I'd love for you to follow me on YouTube at Melissa Catherine Wholeness. Check out my Wholeness podcast on iTunes, Spotify. Um, if you go to my website and you just go under freebies, there are a million things that I have that are free that can help you with everything from my cookbook to um, mindset work to meditations, hypnosis. Um, so I really just want to be of service and help people. Um, if you enjoyed this, follow me, DM me, let me know what spoke to you the most on Instagram at Melissa period, Catherine, and just thank you. Thank you for this opportunity and sharing, um, and just sharing this time and space with me.